Welcome to the RC360 Road Trip. This week's destination is Nelly's Homes of Manitou. Let's take a look. And welcome back to River City 360. On this week's road trip, we're here in Manitou visiting Nelly's Homes. I'm here with Al Thorleifson, who does what here? Well, I tour people through the houses. I'm one of the people who uh, works on the project, like the heritage site, and I'm also the archivist for the group. Al has graciously offered to uh, give us a quick tour of Nellie's homes. But before we do that, who is Nellie exactly? Well, we're talking about Nellie McClung. Nellie Mooney was her maiden name, and she first came to Manitou in 1890 as a 16-year-old school teacher. Uh, she married Wes McClung here, and they lived here to 1911. She became a an internationally known author and later on a uh, social justice campaigner and her success in uh, helping women to get the vote in, uh, in Manitoba and in Canada is well known. She also spent a lot of years campaigning on behalf of uh, the poor uh, and also for uh, immigrants. Very neat. So out of the museum here, there's three specific buildings that we're looking at. What's this first building that we're going to be going into? Well, the first one is actually not the oldest. The, the uh, CPR log house was built in the fall of 1882 to house the workers who were building the CPR railroad uh, across this part of the country. Uh, it was used for that purpose for a couple of years, and then uh, when they moved on with their construction to the west, then it was sold to uh, Mrs. Brennock and her family. She uh, was trying to raise six kids uh, by herself. Her husband had passed away, and she was a laundress. And one of the reasons that we expect Nellie would have spent time in the house was because Nellie really believed that people who were having trouble coping needed help. And she spent a lot of time within her community supporting those who needed help. So the Brennocks lived in that house for many decades and uh, uh, remembered Nellie fondly. The second house, the one we called the Hasselfield House or the Hazel Cottage, is actually one of the oldest uh, buildings built by Europeans in this whole district. Uh, it was built of poplar logs from the Pemina Valley, and there's reference in the February 5th issue of the Manitoba Free Press noting that it was being built out here in Manitou at that time. So let's actually uh, take a step into that house, and you can explain uh, what we're seeing inside. Well, this is the house that Nellie stayed in when she first came to Manitou to teach, actually to Hazel District to teach. And uh, when her host brought her into the house. The first thing she noticed was the yellow floor. The second thing, the geraniums in the window. And the third was the smile on Mrs. Hasselfield's face. When she went into the next room and saw all the books, she knew she, she was in a really good place. Nellie actually lived in the house for about, about two years. And during that time, she actually shared a bed with her 16-year-old student and she and Clara Hasselfield became lifelong friends. Uh, it, she was also living in this house when she first met her future mother-in-law, and that story is important because Mrs. Annie McClung, her future mother-in-law, was already campaigning for women's right to vote in 
1890, long before women got the vote in Manitoba, when uh, she confronted a group of ladies in Manitou who were uh, uh, having a quilting party, asking them all to sign this petition. Nellie McClung was the only one who had the nerve to sign it. Wow. So that's how early she was committed to the cause. What are some artifacts from Nellie's past can we see? Well, uh, the bedroom is set up as it would have been when Nellie was living there. The sitting room, there's the organ that she would have heard Clara Hasselfield play every morning. In the uh, main room, uh, where Nellie and the Hasselfield family uh, often spent the evenings, there's the table and chairs where people can sit around and listen to the stories while one person has enough light to see the book. Um, the upstairs is all decorated uh, in uh, the period of 1890, 1895, uh, including, oh, buffalo coats and uh, horse hide throws and photographs of the family from the period. Wow. So right now, when you look at the exterior facade of the building, it, it definitely looks more modern than a log house. Right. But if you go off to the side, you can actually see uh, that it is a, built as a log house. Right. We have to thank uh, Bill Walcraft for this. When Bill Walcraft found out that the uh, uh, Hasselfield house was for sale, he made sure that he asked permission to take it, and he was the one who restored it. He also was the one who made sure you could see through the side walls how huge the poplar logs were that were used to build it. There's another third building here uh, mm -hmm. at the museum. Uh, can you explain to me what this home is? Well, this one is uh, the house that Nellie and Wes McClung bought in 1899. It was built by the Skirfields in 1890. Uh, it's a very spacious uh, home, uh, nine-foot ceilings, ten-foot ceilings. Um, it's all decorated in uh, furniture from the uh, period 1900-1910. Uh, Nellie's library, where she would have written uh, both Sowing Seeds in Danny and The Second Chance, uh, is all decorated, showing... Uh, her books and the work of the works of Charles Dickens, who was one of her mentors, and uh, the uh, the kitchen where Nellie first found out that there was an opening for a story writer, and uh, well, what we've tried to do is to decorate the house as it probably looked in the period when Wes and Nellie lived here. Let's take a walk into that kitchen for a second here. Mm -hmm. So when you walk into this kitchen, you see this amazing stove. It's super, like, <laughs> yeah. I the explain uh, it. <laughs> the The stove is uh, it takes up a good part of the room. It's an imperial Oxford stove. It has a reservoir on one side for heating water. On the other side, there's a waffle iron over the fire, uh, the firebox. Uh, the chimney runs right through the middle of the house, uh, of the middle of the room, because of course, uh, in the, in the winter, you don't want to lose any heat at all. So, uh, all of the chimneys were actually, the stovepipes were actually run through the house, through the room before they went up into the chimney to try and make sure that as much of the heat would be preserved in the home as possible. 
Yeah. And you also mentioned that this kitchen has significance to Nellie's story. Right. Uh, this is where... Okay, well, Nellie was working in the kitchen one day, and all of a sudden her mother-in-law, Annie McClung, comes running into the house, and she said something like... Nellie, Nellie, there's this editor from Toronto who wants people to write stories and to send them in and he'll publish them. And Nellie said, that's ridiculous. I have to get Florence's dress ready for the party tomorrow. I've got to get lunch ready and the garden needs weeding. I don't have time for that. And Mrs. McClung's response was, Nellie, that's ridiculous. You know that Miss Foster and I can take care of all of those things. You're the one who's the writer. You go in there and sit down and start writing. Well, apparently Nellie did. She wrote a story and sent it off to this editor in Toronto and months went by, nothing. She ended up thinking it was rather a scam. And then all of a sudden, about a year later, she got a, a letter from Toronto and the editor said something to the effect of, you know, we loved your story, but we wondered if you would consider turning it into a novel. And Nellie's first response was, no. And then she thought, you know, there are a lot of people's stories who need telling. And she thought of people like her kids, first of all, and all the things that they heard as they were wandering around the streets of Manitou, about some of the good things in the community and some of the people who were having trouble. She thought of people like Mrs. Gray, who was living uh, by herself on a farm, renting because she had lost everything when her husband passed away because there were no Dower Act provisions to give women the rights to equal ownership of land. She thought of Mrs. Brennach, uh, who was trying to raise her family um, by herself. Her husband had passed away. She was acting as a laundress and trying to make a living like that. And so Nellie, in many ways, she wanted to show people how to take care of one another. That was part of her Methodist approach to religion. Um, social justice was a profoundly important issue to Nellie. And so these are some of the elements that come up in Sowing Seeds in Danny and in The Second Chance and in many of other uh, Nellie's other uh, books over the years. Uh, the whole issue of taking care of one another, of making sure that you support one another and to make the world a better place. And that's where it started, right here in this kitchen. Wow. As you mentioned, she would have went into the reading room to write this. Oh yeah, she went into her library, sat down and started writing it. And speaking of that library, there's actually something really special in there. There's a special photo that you probably will not be able to see anywhere else in this world. That's guaranteed. Yeah, so what, uh, what... <laughs> it's, it's actually a publicity photo, and we, we think it's a publicity photo because we know of at least three other poses that were taken probably exactly at the same setting, the se same sitting as well, um, because there's very few changes in the way Nellie is holding her hand or the way she's looking at the camera. And we expect that this and the other three images that were taken that same day were used as publicity photos as she was preparing to go on tour. Because of course, by 1909, she was doing book tours all over Canada and the United States. Mm -hmm. And if, of course, if you want to catch a glimpse of this, you will have to come here to Manitou and- You will. Homes. <laughs> uh, speaking of that, how can people get a hold of you to 
come in, take a tour and learn more about Nelly's Well, house. we'd love to have people come. You can find us on the web. You can find us also if you go, go to Nelly's Homes. We're open from May to October um, by appointment uh, if you want a formal tour. Uh, if you just want to drop by, you're free to do that. There's a phone number on the buildings letting, the, letting you know who to get in touch with if you'd like to, a tour. And uh, we also have summer staff as well who can help you out. I'd like to thank Al again for taking us on a tour of Nellie's Homes. If you want to really catch a glimpse of Manitoba's history, or Canada's history for that matter, make sure you come here to Manitou and visit Al. Thank you, Al. Thank you very much. There's lots of us who are working together on this project. We're very proud of it, and uh, we really do want to uh, make sure that people don't forget the value of the work that Nellie McClung and her age mates did to make Canada a better place. Thank you. Thanks for coming on the RC360 road trip. See you next week, same time, different place. 